The Viridian Nutrition range of 200 plus award-winning products includes vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutritional oils, specialty supplements, tinctures and balms. All formulated to be helpful, efficacious and pure. By choosing our Viridian Nutrition range, you are one step closer to your goal of 100% wellness. Ethical vitamins with an organic heart. Available at all Browns outlets. Browns and you. Welcome to an end of the year very special The Interviewer. And I'm very excited because I'm with Sir Robert Chapman of Chapmanville. Hello. Hello. <laughs> who is king of YouTube, was MySpace, Mr. Guitar himself, the man of the hour. How lovely to have you here, Rob. Thank you very much, Trudy. I very much appreciate the intro where I'm called Sir. It's the first time, I think, <gasps> I've ever been referred to as Sir Rob Chapman. You see? Yeah, even though I feel like I'm being abducted by aliens in our... In our <laughs> little UFO light type situation. It's, it's, we've upgraded since the last time we, we it is did a big it. upgrade. In, yeah. The table feels good, although there's some kind of interesting smelling glitter. Yes, and, uh, that was from a previous show. I'm not going to tell you what that was all about. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's super cool to have you here. Now, we interviewed quite a long time ago, yeah. and we had a little short interview on the interviewer, the, the show that preceded the She Word. And the, the show, the interviewer is the show that I, I still love doing because I get to do this. And I had been saying for a long time, I'd sit down with you and do a follow-up interview. And then just about a couple of months ago, I announced that I had just finally submitted my paperwork yeah. for my multi-citizenship. And you got in touch because you've been through the, a similar process and we kind of bonded and I said, right, we have to find some time to sit down. Yeah. So thank you so much for getting in touch with me at that time because you kind of made me feel a little bit better. We actually, I, were we on the phone? Or we, we had just a moment messaging? on the phone for quite, well, we first, we started off messaging. <laughs> we and had then a I, moment. And then I, it's like <laughs> yeah. glitter. It's like the glitter's coming I think in. I worried you a bit because I was like, have you done this? Have you done that? Yeah, and then yeah. did this happen? And then I was like, oh no, I think I've really worried truly. So I rang you and made sure that I hadn't worried you with yes, part of the process that I had been through because I am now technically Maltese like, through marriage and I cheated really, I married one. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I knew my way through it. And we were, we were talking about the interview process. That yes. was what it was. That was actually, that was the, the funniest thing because I, we, we then established the fact that I'm actually applying for citizenship. Although I am married to a Maltese, yeah. I'm doing it in my own name. And I accidentally went through that interview process uh, probably about six months ago at the ID card office where they decided Sorry. that I needed to change it <laughs> and were asking me what color my work kitchen tops were. And I did, I had no idea. Yeah, I've what been color a, are your kitchen tops, by the way? I just, think I said grey. Just want to be able to visualize. I was moving at the time from one place in Nashar to a place in Rabat, and I was trying to think to myself, which kitchen tops will my husband choose? You know, I was trying to try right. to work out that. So it was complicated. But but I'm obviously still in the process of waiting to find out whether Malta will accept me. But you did. You were very reassuring, and you made Malta me. will. Ex Malta has already accepted you. Oh, you don't need to. I can speak as a Maltese citizen. You look at you with your little look at you. That that's basically <laughs> a fingers up from an English person no, to another no, English no, person. No, no, not at all. No, no. I think you're. I mean, you're part of the Maltese social infrastructure. You've been here for years, and. You literally years and you've been doing all sorts of court you've interviewed the prime the ex-prime minister and have, all yeah, sorts yeah. of stuff you're royalty yeah. here now so well yeah well, well you'd like to think so but we'll see well i don't like to, to as my lawyer keeps saying you don't count your chickens before they've come in roosted laid their eggs and oh, gone okay. home again yeah yeah 
Um, but listen, this is all about you because okay. I do follow you. And last time we spoke, I was wonderfully, wonderfully impressed and and really kind of profoundly moved by your backstory because you are Rob Chapman of Chapman Guitars and mm. have this YouTube presence which started on MySpace. How many YouTube subscribers have you got now? Oh, God. Um, don't pretend you don't know. I actually don't. It's more than <gasps> oh. 700 and... I don't know, seven hundred thousand plus. I don't know. It's like a million. No, it's well, yeah. It's not like, a let's just go with that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not a million yet. It will be at some point. Which is what part of what you do, but you also have Chapman guitars. But when we spoke originally, yeah. you were talking about how your career started, and it was nowhere near guitars and and, oh. and where you started from. And we're not going to go back and, and sort of go through that part of your story again, because I would strongly recommend go back to the beginning of the interview on uh, either on Spotify or on YouTube, go and watch the interview there. It's absolutely brilliant. And at the time it was the most watched interview that I'd had because of course, yeah. all of your YouTube people uh, were kind of impressed to seeing you sit down with a blonde in this room and talk about yeah. your your backstory. You're the only one that's ever happened with. So <laughs> to be fair, it was it was a global first for me. <laughs> Honestly, I think the whole the whole YouTube thing has just been a mechanism for me to kind of rediscover who I am and what I love on a biannual basis. You know, so at the moment I'm just obsessed with writing and releasing music, and that's all I've done for the last six months. And, and um, previously, it was just about making gear demonstrations. And it's just been a, a revolving Ooh. sort of change of creative output. And YouTube is great. It's like a diary, you know? Uh, sort of, you look back and you think, wow, look at my crazy hair. Look how much weight I had, <laughs> you know? And then I even sometimes find riffs I'd written but forgotten in demonstration videos that I'm now releasing as music. And it's just, it's a fascinating thing to be a part of if you can sustain a healthy emotional detachment from any kind of reliability of outcome because the outcome is never guaranteed. Well, that was a very complex sentence, but let's break that down for a second, okay. Rob, because that's kind of cool. I like that. You're talking about the outcome uh, physically, um, financially, emotionally, or or psychologically, or, or what, what outcome are you talking about there? Because well, the reason I ask that is because since I interviewed with you, we do the she word, we quite often talk about the, the effect of being present online. Yeah. And for a lot of people... You know, that's a little bit of a dopamine hit thing going on there. Yeah, it is. And, and like when I said how many subscribers, you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you're obviously old school generation X where we really didn't care about all of that. So I, I I fell in love with YouTube completely and utterly and was obsessed with making content and creating videos and being, you know, this not because I wanted to be a YouTuber, but because I loved making content, meet, meeting people, forming a community. And then sometimes I would do these meet and greets or clinics and get like, you know, loads of people and we'd chill out and I'd order pizza for them and we'd hang. And it was like bros hanging out, playing guitar. And, and I love that community. For me, that was what it was about. And then YouTubers came into existence, sort of, you know, five, six years after youtube was conceived of and i didn't want to be a youtuber i was i'm a musician i was the guy that you know toured different countries playing guitars singing i was signed yeah that's another story for a minute but um I, I was a musician i identified as a person who plays music and sings and uses youtube rather than a youtuber that also plays music and 
so I sort of over the years fell into the YouTube trap where I became, oh, I've got to get enough views and I've got to get a million subscribers and, I, and I've got to make sure that I'm collaborating with other people. And, and then, but I didn't want to do that. That wasn't what I am. I have no interest in, in being a YouTuber or, 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 um, or sort of maybe collaborating with people that have lots of subs just because that's good for my YouTube career. I love the fact you went subs. I tell you why, because you said lots of subs. And for a second there, this old girl was like, what, what is a sub? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <A> subscriber. <laughs> you got to remember it's me, Rob. Yeah. But I fell, I fell out of love with it. I, I, I did it for, a, for a, the best <laughs> for a long time. I was just calling it in. I was just doing it because I felt like I had to, to feed my family and to support Chapman Guitars. And and then something happened. I, I became incredibly fulfilled writing music on my own. This is something I'd never done before. I, I, I actually used ChatGPT to teach me how to program drums, rudiments of so mastering. So this is a recent thing. This is a recent awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Since I last spoke to you, yeah, within obviously. The, within, definitely since we last spoke, yeah. Well, okay, so before we go into how you did it, yeah. where, what triggered that awakening? What triggered that I want to write music? I um, have to be very careful how I say all of this because it could come across as being big-headed or full of myself, and I promise you that I'm not. But when I um, write a song, in inverted commas, for people who are just listening... It just comes to me from nowhere. So I have this whole thing come out of my head onto a guitar, or sometimes I sing it into my phone. Um, if I have my phone on me, I play you a melody. And then I go, shit, I've got to I've got to record it. And I run into the back room of my flat, get out a Logic Pro, get out an SM7B like this or whatever. And I sing the melody into it. And then I do a second track, all the lyrics. And then I get my guitar and I'll start doing scratch tracks. And then within four or five hours, I will have recorded the whole tune. And it's this, um, I think it's a catharsis. My brain is processing generally with me, either anger or sorrow into music. And I don't have control over it. It just is what it is. But it happens at the most awkward of times. I'll wake up for a piss at 3 a.m., and then my mind will go, oh, I've got a melody for you. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I run into the kitchen with my phone, sing it into my phone. And then I'm like, I've got to put the bass down now. And I go, and luckily I can DI, plug in, play some bass. It, I used to get that a lot. And it stopped when I was a YouTuber. And I, and I thought, well, maybe that's it. Maybe Clockwork Wolf, Dorje, you know, Monkey Lord, all these different musical projects, maybe that's come to an end. I, c I can deal with that. That's fine. And then I suddenly got a tune, and it was a really good one. And it all came in one go. In 10 minutes, I had the whole thing. And I, I couldn't record the bass because I didn't own a bass guitar. I couldn't track the drums because I didn't have a drum kit, and I can't play drums. And I wasn't good enough at the recording process to put down everything that I needed on Logic Pro X. And that was the single most frustrating time I'd had as a musician, but the most valuable. Because I then, I put everything down on paper and recorded it on my phone and did the best I could with notes. <laughs> Just you got to imagine me in my pants at nighttime scribbling on the back of paintings my children have made lyrics and things 
<coughs> cord boxes and stuff. Yeah, but you, can I just interject? Because one yeah. thought came back to me when you were talking about going for a pee at, at three o'clock in the morning and start singing, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And you mentioned that in your flat. So I'm just concerned for your neighbours. Where do you, do you, do your neighbours live very close by or are they deaf? No, I sing quietly. Very, very quietly into my mm. phone. And I cut my, my mouth like this. It sounds like that. <laughs> like that kind of thing. And, I've just got uh, visions of your neighbours next to you going, he's at it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Someone Will shut him up at 3am. Stop <laughs> shredding. <laughs> I know he thinks he's making a grand masterpiece, but I haven't slept for weeks. Yes. So I had this thing that I couldn't get down. And I thought, I'm 48. I know I'm a good musician. I have a lot of music to get out. I need to fix this. And I aspired to be the kind of musician that could do everything myself, irrespective of the fact that I, I work with incredible musicians, especially here in Malta. Amazing, you know, Rob Spiteri, Luke, Zaya. And I, and I thought, okay, I'm going to ask ChatGPT to teach me the things I need. I'm going to hack it. Rather than panicking that I can't do it and worrying and Googling everything, I just went on to ChatGPT. And the prompt was interview me, find out everything you need to know about me, and then teach me how to work on Logic Pro X to record drums, teach me how to play the rudiments of bass, teach me how to do the basics of mastering, everything. And I got the whole thing. And in a day and a half, I went out and bought a bass, I learned to program drums, how to naturalize everything, all the velocities, the whole thing. And I recorded that bloody song. And now I've got six songs. And I have uh, a song ready to go live every month for the next six months on the 18th of every month. Why the 18th? Because eight is a special number for me and 18 because 18 is a special number for me. Because when I was 18, I went to the Guitar Institute and started my journey as a guitar player. Ah, yeah. That's nice. I know. That's, that's very special. So now I've got all this music and the ability to, re to record it, get it out there. It was enabling me. And now I feel satisfied as a musician because I'm creating music. A part of me went, well, now you can just be a YouTuber if you want as well. You might as well. I mean, you've been quite good at oh, it. Oh, okay. But Rob, let me stop you there for a second. Yeah. Because you you inferred that being a YouTuber yeah. and, and getting caught up in that YouTube and following the, the response and, and creating great content, which yeah. you do, uh, but you inferred that that perhaps had interrupted and blocked yes. your creative stream. So now you're saying, okay, I, I managed to, um, uh, <laughs> uh, to to produce this music and to to create this music and spit this music yeah. out, you, for want of a better phrase, because but it does sound like it was literally bleh, yeah, it is, and yeah. out it came and it's in your head and you just need to get it out and you're doing it. If you go back to being a YouTuber, surely that creative urge is going to that you've you found for music is going to be compromised, no? So what what I think what I'd realized is that I was blocking myself emotionally from allowing myself to be a musician. I, I had set off on the path of being a musician, got stuck in YouTube, and and I had um taken on these almost like I was wearing the mask of a different person. I, I, I'd fallen into being a YouTuber because I thought that's what I had to be. And I didn't think that I could do the music thing because I couldn't record things on my own, write things on my own. I, I had to go to a recording studio. I had to find a drummer. I had to do all these things. And that's hard because it costs a lot of money, you know, and it takes a lot of time and you have to bring people with you. 
and I'm still working with amazing musicians and working with bands and the whole thing, but liberating my creativity by enabling myself to do it myself freed up some CPU in my meat machine <laughs> to, to allow myself the space to then go, well, I can now make YouTube videos about things that, that I find interesting. And I can release music as well. I can do both now that I'm free to do it on my own if I ever need to. That's fantastic. It was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But it was <laughs> it was hardcore. There was a couple of days of like sort of uh, shaky, angry, handy, sort of got to learn this. It's really hard. I'm old. It's difficult to learn things when you're older. It is difficult to <clears throat> learn things when you're older. And it's difficult to kind of... Uh, move away from your comfort zone because as yeah. you said you you nailed it with youtube you knew exactly what you were doing so what do we see so this has been your journey into 2023 yeah so what are we going to see from rob chapman sir rob chapman in 2024 we're going to see these tracks coming out on the 18th of each day so I'll, I'll, even each month i should say that yeah so on the 18th though. of every month there will be a track so what i haven't told anybody is that on the 18th of this month um, I'm releasing the last ever Clockwork Wolf and Company track. And this is a live version of Live Your Fate. And the reason that it's that track is because that was, for me, it, uh, the song is all about the process of being a musician, allowing you freedom from your fears and your emotional baggage and the whole... <laughs> You know, it's ubiquitous with musicians. We're processing all these problems and pains. That's how we deal with things. And one thing I feared was about that experience for me. The reason it's the last Clockwork Wolf and Company song is because I had been quite frustrated trying to book shows for any of the bands that I was in. Routinely, if I got a show booked, maybe I don't know, did a show in Poland, I did a show in Geneva, I did a show in Norway, whatever, um, America, England, doesn't matter where it is, they would often put the band and then they would say featuring Rob Chapman. And I was like, vomit. That is awful. I, I, it makes me sound like I'm this giant up my own ass ego guy and I'm not at all. I love being in a band for the sense of fraternity and sharing the journey and writing with people who were better than me, frankly. But, but whenever someone wanted to book me, they wanted to book Rob Chapman because I'm, I mean, I'm everywhere if you look at YouTube guitar. Yes, yes, because so YouTube is, is, is Rob Chapman. Yeah, it's I not accept, the band. Yeah, exactly. I accept that I am an established brand. And they didn't want to book Clockwork Wolf and Company. They wanted to book Rob Chapman with a band. So wow. I went for a really good meal with Luke. I was talking about this and he said, well, why don't we just call the band Rob Chapman? And I was like, oh man, it just sounds awful. And I mean, the first really good band I was in, Dorje, was originally called the Rob Chapman Band and I begged them to call it a, a different band name because being in a band with a name, it's much easier to create this uh, vibe and world in which the music exists and you're creating from that world and calling it Rob Chapman suddenly at the time didn't feel like Rob Chapman was a vibe or a world to create from because it's just me so I, I didn't want to you know be me but Luke said well you are Rob Chapman 
and you, you're going to write music anyway, and people want to book Rob Chapman. Why don't you just call the Clockwork Wolf and Company Rob? Why don't you call everything Rob Chapman? And I, I initially <clears throat> sort of ignored the advice and thought it was crazy. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to ask a, a few people that might care about this or know and offer me impartial advice. So I, I'm very lucky. I, I have the opportunity to speak to people who are incredibly talented and ridiculously famous. Um, so I texted um, my friend from Porcupine Tree, uh, and I texted my friend Devon from from Devon Townsend, and I texted a bunch of people who were really, really famous. I'm sorry, you 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 were doing the whole. I was texting like this. You, you like you know. I, I don't want to drop names, but I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to think that I'm just saying this no. because I can. Listen, <clears throat> say it because you can. You were texting right. so people I, I, in the business who knew what the business is about. I, I specifically people who I know, like Stephen Wilson, who went from a band name to to, to his own name. Yeah. Uh, or Devon Townsend, who was in bands and then formed his own name, Devon Townsend. Or, or um, Rick Beato, who's an incredibly famous guitar YouTuber, is an amazing guy, a sensei of mine kind of vibe. And they all said, well, you should always have been Rob Chapman. What the hell were you thinking making band names when you're an established brand? And, and this really hit home for me, they said, rebrand everything Rob Chapman for your band members because you'll get more bookings and you'll make more money and they'll have a better time from it. Wow. Yeah, and I'd never thought of it that way. And then I spoke to Zyre and Rob and they went, and I'm not going to swear too much, but they, they they didn't give a damn what the band was called. They just want to play together and hang and have fun and create music, which is what we do nice. anyway. So uh, my my project, Monkey Lord, and my band, Clockwork, Wolf & Company, are all just going to become Rob Chapman. And we continue as Rob Chapman because that's what people would rather book. And it simplifies because I have like five musical projects and now I'll have like two or three, which makes it much easier for people trying to find my music. That's really exciting. It's nerve-wracking. Yes, of course. I mean, again, to kind of look at it from the other side of, of, of the viewpoint, that if it is Rob Chapman, mm. then the buck stops with you. Yeah. That, that is a, that's the other flip side of it, you know, that, that, that it's Rob Chapman, Rob Chapman's well. the front man. And, and, and if people don't have a good time, there's nowhere to hide. Not saying that for one second, Rob, <laughs> that anybody would not have a good time, but there's nowhere to hide behind. They, yeah. You are you are up the front there. You're the front man, and you always were. Yeah. But now everybody knows that it's you know you're leading the 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 whole thing. Well, as far as the clockwork guys and I, it's the same band, the same rules. We come into a room, write music, and and we just. It just kind of happens in this dream state. It's really strange to experience, but it just kind of, we all go into this trance jamming and then we get a tune. One tune we got in 10 minutes, we called it the 10 minute tune. <laughs> um, so there's no change other than it's just called Rob Chapman. I was always the front guy anyway. So it's the same position in the band. Um, it just makes it easier to market really, yeah, yeah. I suppose. I'm really excited truth. for you. I'm really, really excited. Now, a couple of questions I have yeah. just on this songwriting. You've gone from the YouTube thing. You've now come into back into prioritizing you as a musician and embracing that by frontlining everything from here on in and, and just owning it and taking ownership of it and saying, yeah. this is me. You've got the support of everybody else, which is brilliant. And it looks like 2024 is going to be incredibly exciting for you. You talked about before, you've, you've referenced this a couple of times, that your songwriting 
comes from a place of sorrow mm. or anger. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is reflected in your style of music, mm. whether that would be the melody or whether it be the lyrics. Is it always about sorrow and about <laughs> anger? Are we just, you know, is Rob Chapman just a very angry man? Um. Because you talked about the cathartic nature of, like, basically brain vomiting onto yeah, a page yeah, and, yeah. and getting the music out. I'm trying to form an honest answer that is accurate because it's very difficult to look at my muse as a secondary person and assess what it's doing. But very often when I get a whole tune, I don't know what it's about. I have no idea until it's recorded. And then I'm reading the words and I go, oh, yeah, it's like someone else wrote it. Um, I think the majority of my music is about um, experiences that have been very sad. If those experiences are left too long, they become anger, and then it, the, the songs become angry songs. Um, but my music really is about the processing of pain, whether it, the needle goes from from sadness to anger depending on how long it's been left in the human body in my opinion you know that is amazing so, well because if you feel sad then eventually it turns to anger then it goes away yeah of is course. my experience so i unfortunately have been through a, a great deal of sad experiences in my life everyone does i'm not owning sadness but i've had uh more than three friends commit suicide um I, i've had a lot of sorrow and i've had to deal with it at a very young age um and and i wasn't i was always very like happy-go-lucky kind of everything's gonna be fine and then suddenly when i was 18 my best friend killed himself and then when i was 25 another one died and then when i was in my 30s another one died and i've had a lot of um death i had six rescue dogs all of them older and they all died obviously dogs pass away but that hit me hard too. Six of them's a lot of little boxes in the mm. fireplace. Mm -hmm. And um, I think all of that had to go somewhere. And because I am a musician, for me, it went into music. But you don't, people often, and I'm talking particularly about men here as a man, we don't really process pain properly. I, I mean, I do now because my job involves processing it. But a lot of my friends, when something bad happens, it's like, be fine, we'll get a beer. It's all right. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. It was going to happen anyway or whatever. And then it's, and then later on they get ill and depressed and problems escalate. So I am grateful that I can process these things. And what I've discovered is that through the experience of doing that, the output, if it has the same, I'm going to use the word vibe for lack of a better word, that someone else has gone through, it will magically make them feel and, and, and alleviate their issues, which is why I get so many emails from people saying, hey man, just to let you know, I listened to this song, it got me through this, this problem or this difficult time, or I was on the verge of suicide and I didn't because I listened to a song. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's 
absolutely insane. But thank God that that experience happens. Absolutely. I mean, that that whole, you're talking about people resonating with what you've written yes. and feeling seen and feeling validated yeah. because you've taken the time to write down that personal experience in a in a song with, and put it out there. Yeah. And that's therapy. And, and what you said just back then about men and the way men approach challenges resonated with with me and that's exactly why we've had a fantastic time doing the she word but now we're we're going to be producing the he word because men need to have this outlet and 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 i'm very sorry for your friends who passed away suicide in men is exponentially higher than it is in women Mm. because women not all women but we are fortunate because we tend to be more empathic we have the ability to sit down with each other and see each other and i think that's something that i've certainly over the last year or so of doing the she word podcast come to understand Mm. again like I'm not the one talking on the show. I have guests to do that. But they, the women watching feel seen. Mm. They feel validated. And I'm so pleased that your music that you've returned to is providing that for your largely male counterparts. So now you've kind of explained why that sorrow, where that sorrow comes from i love that whole at that scale of we start off with sorrow you're sad about something it turns into anger and then it is gone so somewhere along the line you've got to wake (laughs) up at three in the morning upset the neighbors and get it down as quickly as possible i think that's because when i'm sleeping your brain is processing things Mm. so it suddenly has this output for you you know but you know the the worst thing of all is if i'm super happy i don't write anything (laughs) nothing happens i'm just like you know there's nothing to process now. So I sit back and just jam or that make YouTube videos. The most bizarre uh, scenario though, yeah. because we've got to keep we've got to keep Rob, you know, a little bit on the edge to make well, sure he keeps making music. There's a lot of world events happening that can well, create, true. you know, fodder for music. And but the weird thing is, reading back my lyrics is an experience that no one else on this planet will ever have when you've written them sort of subconsciously. And then you read them as if they are someone else writing to you. That's a weird experience. I, I used to work at Virgin Mobile as a team manager. I think we mentioned that. Yes, in the last we chat. did. Yeah, yeah. And they gave me a test before I became a team manager to help the operations managers. This was years ago. And they gave me an IQ test and an EQ test. And my IQ was, was pretty good, you know, sort of a little bit above average, normal kind of stuff. But my EQ... They were, we've got, something's gone wrong. We're going to have to do it again. What is EQ? It's emotional quotient. It's your ability to uh, feel what somebody else is feeling. Your ability to express emotion and sense emotion in other people. They did the test two times and both times it was off the scale high that they couldn't measure it. So I think what I have in my DNA is an ability to really feel feelings and then as a uh, as a result of part of that sort of depth of feeling, it's allowing me to process and make music, thank God. I love that, Rob. I've never heard of EQ. I'm going to have to go and do a big old, you know, deep dive into that. and Emotional look in that. quotient. That's so cool. So tangibly, beyond just uh, a song out every 18th, it sounds to me like you're going to be busy yeah. performing next year because everybody's going to be booking <coughs> Rob. Well, Tappen. I hope so. I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely, COVID 
smashed live music and oh. all sorts of, of you know big festivals went down and struggling and they're doing mm. one day rather than two or whatever so i've got bookings for 25 for example i've got you know in norway i've got a booking possibly in greece you know maybe italy but so far for 24 i've got like one or two bookings that's it so but I haven't really put the feelers out. If anybody's listening and would like to book the Rob Chapman band for 24, we're cheap, we're affordable, we're hairy. <laughs> and I'll teach clinics beforehand and shoot YouTube videos for you. We're booked, Rob. You're booked. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. Can we do this again in another six months yeah, and find out you where want. you're at? That would be, that'd whenever be great. Whenever someone cancels on you, I'll jump in last minute. That's not a problem. <laughs> Excellent. I live down the road. You there's, know. There's Rob Chapman jumps in. Sir Rob Chapman jumps <laughs> in every time I need someone. It's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. And it's, you. It's always, very, um, it's always very challenging. And I always feel like I've had a really good chat over a pint with an old friend. Yeah. Well, we should have a pint at some point. If you could find me a gluten-free one somewhere challenge accepted let's do this in six months with pints of gluten-free you and i both have to remember thank you so much cheers cheers oh man i'm gonna find you gluten-free beer now